Hello listeners and welcome to another week of Chasm Converses. A special treat for you this week, as the guest I have this week is none other than Hjalma, otherwise known as professional wrestler Einar the Strange. We talk about in-ring work, winning titles and take a dive into his acting career and discuss some of the locations an actor can sometimes find themselves in. Let's get conversing. Chasm Converses Anyway, man, I'm really keen to talk to you about a bunch of things today. Obviously, pro wrestler, actor, so much that you've done, so much going on. I actually found out just the other day that for professional wrestling, you're going on around your eighth or so year now as a pro wrestler. Uh, Yeah, ish. It's around like 2017, 2016 or so. I I debuted um, in April in... 2016 so I guess coming up on seven years seven years yeah Yeah. damn cool started training in late 2015 yeah right how does it sort of feel knowing that you've been doing this sort of thing for seven years especially since it wasn't like a massive thing in your life previously it's weird Um, I don't think I've ever in my adult life committed to anything for this long you know Mm. Um, even acting school was only three years Mm, well that was full time yes yes absolutely uh, wrestling is kind of full time (laughs) at times as well you know Um, but yeah it is and I honestly have uh, until probably like um, 2022 I've spent most of that time just feeling like a rookie (laughs) you know what I mean and all of a sudden I'm like in this spot where I'm completely comfortable because I have matches every other weekend and I I do feel like a a, a bit of a vet now I guess yeah, yeah. that's awesome that's brilliant man yeah and obviously at the moment you're with RCW which is awesome and you're part of the stable Purgatory which is just basically has all eyes on it at the moment and even the story of how that all came together obviously I've just seen it play out throughout the shows and the matches that brought it together but it's such an awesome story and I would definitely I would definitely say to anyone who's listening to this to go on YouTube and watch some of the former RCW shows of 2022 to see how this stable formed together can you give us a bit like of an insight of how that sort of all came together especially with you and Baron having like hardcore matches before you guys ended up becoming a team in a way yeah I mean the the idea going in was um Einar came to RCW trying to uh recruit Baron and Amber to be on his side Mm. um and they kind of were like nah um so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to fight you until you realize that you should be on my side. Yeah, yeah. And that's basically what happened. So we had a, Baron and I had a couple of epic matches, um, one of them being the first ever horror show match. Yes, yes. In RCW, that. and um, that was a brutal affair. And then it was after that match that um, Baron and Amber were like, yeah, well, let's get on board with Ain't the Strange. Yeah, so, that's brilliant. And then thus Purgatory was formed. Absolutely. That's awesome. I, I really love the story of how it all sort of came together. I mean, the, the match that I think is probably still my favorite one that you guys have all been in together, well, I guess Amber made an appearance in the match, was the ladder match mm. with the Bradys and Boomer and Sabbath. That was just next level for like a local wrestling show I watched on YouTube maybe about four times yeah it's very cool never gets old it's awesome yeah looking awesome how do you even how do you feel going into that match and being involved in it because there was just carnage all over the place it was was interesting because like I mentioned I just mentioned that like uh, Baron and I had the first 
time horror show match mm. at RCW. Well, the, the, the latter match um, was the first ever as well. It was the first ever Chaos Collider match, mm. which was a ladder match where a member from eight, all three teams starts in the ring and then every three minutes, mm. a member of one of the teams comes out and you can't actually climb the ladder and win the match until your partner is out there. Yeah, both so that gives the advantage, obviously, to like the team that comes out first and yeah. whatever. Um, so that was really cool. Um, as, as, a, as a first time match, yeah, there's some things that you'd have to probably adjust for future matches <laughs> yeah. in that. Um, but I think we did a decent job and you know, the crowd was, was really into it and it was just a lot of fun. I love gimmick matches like that yeah. because um, yeah, I, just, I just think they're, yeah, like I said, lots of fun. That's awesome. And obviously, former RCW Tag Team Champion. I don't know if I'm going to get this right or not, but it was, what, the first ever Icelandic wrestling sort of champion? Yeah, so, well, because my, my background is um, Icelandic. I'm, I'm uh, 50% Australian, 50% Icelandic. Yes. I, I have citizenships in both countries. Hmm. Um, so it's always been this thing of, like I've looked into the legacy of pro wrestling in Iceland mm. and from what I've found there is none <laughs> and I've looked I've tried to look deep because I don't want to be going out there making claims that I'm the f- only Icelandic wrestler ever but yeah. it seems that that's the way because I haven't been able to find right. anything okay. I'm not sure if that's still the case okay. um, but everything I've googled yeah I'd never found anything so I could only assume that yeah I was the first Icelandic person to to win a title in professional wrestling. I was possibly, I don't know, if I'm possibly <laughs> the, the first and only wrestler there's been, if there's been other Icelandic yeah. wrestlers, I'd love to know. Yeah, me too. I honestly don't know either, but that, yeah. that, that's, so, that's so cool. That that's something that you've basically attained and, until further notice, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. even so, yeah. that's I mean, brilliant. The thing about Iceland is when I lived over there, being a massive wrestling fan, there were really not many people at all that, cared mm. about wrestling at all yeah. it's just not really a thing that exists in Iceland yeah. um, there are some people that will be like oh yeah John Cena <laughs> yeah 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 um, but yeah it's just kind of me being like wrestling yeah and then you know because I literally left Iceland to come to Adelaide to train to be a wrestler because uh, because it yeah it's not a thing there that's brilliant so. that's, that's really very very committed especially to go to Adelaide in Australia rather than going so like maybe England or yeah. somewhere that's probably closer to Iceland than what Australia I, I is. I did think about it, um, but at the time I was just kind of thinking of, you know, Adelaide's so easy to live in. Mm. Um, it's got to be time and money yes. to, to do it. And it just seemed like the sort of most safe option was to come back to Adelaide. To do yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. That's good, man. And like, who were your influences, I guess, growing up? Um, while watching wrestling, seeing as it wasn't a big thing over there, like who sort of inspires you? Um, maybe with the character that you do or with the move set that you have and the moves that you inflict on others? Well, I don't think anyone that I looked up to back in the day really influences me that much, like as far as my move set and that goes. Yeah. Because like, I grew up idolizing Stone Cold and The Rock yeah. and, you know, the biggest stars of the Attitude Era, basically. Mm. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, they influenced me in regards to, you know, watching 
how they sell and just the electricity that they bring because no one yeah. did it better than The Rock and Austin, you know? Absolutely. Um, but uh, one of the guys who, like, immediately I was like, wow, because he was otherworldly, you know, because, you know, in wrestling there's wrestlers and then mm. there's, like, gimmicks and characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was Kane. Oh, Kane, yes. Kane, um, there was a, just an episode of, of Raw I was watching and... I wasn't sure what was going on. The Undertaker was attacking Stone Cold in a cage and then yeah. all of a sudden the lights went out and this monster just walked to the ring yeah. and did this thing with his arms and the yeah. cage set on fire and I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing. Yeah. So I always sort of gravitated towards darker, yeah. more like monster characters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, you know, being a fan of horror, that makes complete sense. Yes, absolutely. That's great. Um, but... Uh, my biggest influence um, as far as the way that I like wrestling and uh, everything is is uh, Bray Wyatt. Um, yeah, because really. I just think he's the, the most amazing mind in professional wrestling. Um, a storyteller that I've seen um, probably ever. Yeah, he's <laughs> brilliant. I always loved watching Bray Wyatt through, yeah. obviously, his real first sort of starting off, like coming up with like Nexus and stuff to then really branching into his own sort of character with the fedora yeah. and everything like that. It was something that I had never seen in wrestling. And always reinventing, being original and being believable in mm. these gimmicks as well. That was the big thing because obviously coming from an acting background, I want everything that I do to come across as authentic. Yeah, and, absolutely. And the storytelling would be good. And I just don't think anyone does it better than him. Yeah, no, he's he's incredible at what he does, and yeah, I, I personally can definitely see a lot of his kind of aura shine, that shines through in in the stuff that you do. When it comes to the wrestling, obviously the acting as well, that we'll touch on maybe a bit later. Have you had like a lot of opportunities to kind of travel with your wrestling or with your acting? Because obviously, um, fighting and wrestling for different promotions or acting in different locations and sets has it sort of been a thing where you've been able to travel the world or travel interstate and that sort of thing with the two things that you do yeah definitely um the first time i ever wrestled outside of um adelaide was in london mm. in 2018 um because of the whole me being the only icelandic wrestler in the world thing yes i kind of got the uh booking uh by default uh, right. scene because um I was in Iceland. Yes. Well, I was going to be in Iceland mm -hmm. around the time of the World Cup in 2018. And um, Progress, oh. who is like one of the biggest, uh, if not the biggest company um, in England, mm. uh, said, sent out a tweet saying, oh, any, we're doing a World Cup themed show. Anyone, any Icelandic wrestlers like hit us up. And then someone tagged me and... I was the only one and <laughs> I contacted them and they were like, oh, where are you? And well, I was, I was in Australia at the time and they were like, yeah, oh, it's a bit far for us to, um, yeah, yeah, okay. to uh, fly you. And I was like, oh, no, don't worry. I'm going to be in Iceland because <laughs> I was planning to be there for the World Cup. That's um, brilliant. And so, yeah, they flew me over to London and um, yeah, it was a really, really cool experience. It was terrifying though. Yeah. Um, up to that point I'd had maybe a year's worth of in-ring experience okay um, and um, I had asked everyone else that was wrestling there that night like how long they've been wrestling for and the the guy who'd done the least amount of wrestling you know compared to me 
had been wrestling for seven years. Oh my god! Which is a spot that I'm in now. <laughs> yeah, you know holy I mean? shit! Yeah, um, wow. so I was like one year in, and uh, hell. <laughs> I was in this foreign country, and like have no idea how they're going to receive me. And the English yeah. fans are amazing, so that yeah. was so cool to me. Um, yeah, they cheered me on, and it was really great—a great experience. Ter- but yeah, again, terrifying, and it really um, makes you think about what you need to do to become better as a wrestler. Really? Okay. Yeah, because like, um, just. It was my first time real experience of just rocking up to a venue um, and just having to plan a match. Yeah, okay. With a couple of hours before. Straight away. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that was a big lesson learned. Yeah, jeez. Uh, about just knowing knowing your own stuff. and. Um, yeah, I guess sort of also maybe studying your opponent as well and knowing their stuff in case you Yeah, I definitely did that a little bit. And then like he kind of was like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, well... <laughs> And then your mind goes blank and you, you go, yeah. well, I do this move and this move, but like, yeah, and that, that's when you start thinking of like, oh, I've got to think of like, you know, not just moves, but like sequences and stuff. Yeah, so true. Because um, then you put one of your sequences, one of their sequences and yeah. just make it all work. Yeah, it was a big, uh, it was a big eye opener for sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, I know that I was around and on London around the World Cup time itself. So mm. I don't know if it was around the same time that that happened as I was up there, but I do remember obviously seeing a lot of the posts and stuff of you being up there wrestling in that and I was just oh, I was just overwhelmed. It was just like, wow, it's yeah. brilliant that he's gone straight up there, especially cuz as you said, you're about a year in mm. to what you were doing and yeah, just straight up into London into progress it's a weird thing about wrestling man like, like you can just get opportunities out of nowhere for, for, for the dumbest reasons <laughs> as well like it just if you're just like what they're looking for what they need at the time then yeah. like you get an opportunity it's very similar in the acting sense as well like yeah. if you match the portfolio of what someone's looking for they might just they get you out of a crowd of heaps of people yeah yeah that's for awesome sure. it's brilliant um, and yeah as well as that obviously I'd love to touch 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 on the acting and that sort of stuff as well because you've done heaps of that sort of stuff yeah. um, you've been involved in the Warpath Chronicles and like multiple short films that sort of thing working with um, Fury Fingers I think it was yeah yeah. Oh, yeah how was all that sort of stuff going and whereabouts did you sort of shoot all that kind of stuff oh um, Kaipo Forest Kaipo yeah, everyone, oh, wow. everyone shoots everything in South Australia it's Kaipo a big forest. big forest here in South Australia <laughs> I shot a, I shot a music video here yeah, in Kaipo as well any time you need an outdoor <laughs> cool outdoor setting everyone goes to Kaipo Forest yeah um, but with Warpath was uh, was cool because yeah while some of it was filmed around Kaipo and that um, the creator Aaron he um, uh, and director as well he 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 scouted basically all of South Australia because he wanted to be a sort of showcase for South Australia and found all these amazing locations that looked like they could be anywhere in any sort of world. Okay. So, you know, a lot of the time South Australia looked very Australian. Yes, and, very true. And there was, a, there was a thing about, for him, about making sure it doesn't always look like it's just um, South Australia. Yeah, okay. But then having people watch it and go wow where is that yeah and then people go it's South Australia and go oh my god I yeah. didn't even know that like you could find a place yeah. that looked like that that's what I thought I didn't think it was even shot here I was like maybe yeah. they went into state or something to do that but yeah there's a re- lot of really amazing locations especially up in the hills yeah, yeah okay cool because yeah the hills are beautiful I shot one day um just in this no nowhere just off the road uh, this windy road in the hill where yeah it was this 
really, I don't know why I was there, but it was this big um, bridge that looked huh? like it was should have been in England or something oh, like wow, that. Oh, wow, really? Like this big stone bridge that was maybe like 50 meters across. Wow. And it was just incredible. I'm like, why is this here? <laughs> I wonder how many people know that it's here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. What's like the strangest place I guess you've shot in before? Um, we also shot in a, a very tight cave um, up in the Riverland. Uh, that was uh, that was an interesting shoot because mm. we had I had to be walking through the cave with um, you know a, a lit um, torch uh, like a um, a stick with you know a rag on it and a yeah. flame okay. and to keep that alight we were like using kerosene or whatever so wow, okay. it would stink out the whole cave and make it really hard to breathe oh wow yeah it's yeah. already very congested in there so. yeah um, <laughs> so that was a super interesting location because um, we were like oh let's check it out and we'd like we were going down into the cave and it gets narrow and narrow and dark and dark and you're just like at some point <laughs> you're like nope <laughs> yeah oh, well, yeah that'd be very creepy yeah like they'll Basically, the closer you get into it, yeah, like the claustrophobia, I bet, would just set in. Yeah. Especially if you're surrounded by a bunch of other people, <laughs> like cameras and lights and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good Lord. Yeah. But no, that's awesome, man. It's so cool that you just do so much different things and just... Yeah. I'm, I'm really keen. Did Warpath... Because that was like a YouTube thing, wasn't it? Um, I think. I, I'm... It's, yeah, it's still not out. It's been a long time. Right, yeah. Because I'm waiting many for it. years. It's been... <laughs> A lot of, um, oh, it's coming out soon. It's coming out soon. Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> I've been hearing that for years. Yeah, no joke. Uh, so, you know, I hope at some point it comes out. Yeah, I'm I sure saw the will. screenshots every now and then, I think. Oh, yeah, it looks that popped up. And like, everything oh I've seen of it so far, it looks, yeah. it looks really cool. And I'm excited. I don't know what, yeah, I'm not involved in the behind the scenes. So I don't know why it's yeah, yeah, so long to come out. But I'm sure there's every, they have, you know, their reasons and anything like that. So yeah, absolutely. I reckon that's going to be super cool when that comes out finally. And, um, yeah, just, it's a big show. Yeah. It's a big, for, for, uh, a non-funded, uh, undertaking. It's, yeah, okay. it's, it's huge. Like, that's I don't think anyone's ever done anything like this in Australia. Yeah. Cause it's like a, it's like 11 episodes. Oh, wow. Like, 40, like 40 minute episodes or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah. usually people will get, a ton of funding for like a, a 10 minute short film. Yeah, right. Whereas okay. this is completely sort of self-funded by the director. Oh, wow, and, really? That's um, very impressive. And yeah, got, you know, an amazing cinematographer. So it all looks great. And mm. uh, just a lot of people that just believed in it because the script w- was really good. That's why I signed up for it. I was yeah. like, the script is great. And, That's brilliant. Yeah, so I'm excited for that to come out. Ah, oh, so cool, man. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> eventually we wait for a while. But at some point, out, it's just going to drop. I'm going to forget all about it and be like, yeah. oh, yeah. It'll give you just that burst. Like, it'll make your day straight away when it comes mm-hmm. out. And then just, I know, it depends on how long then it takes you to watch all the episodes or if you just go through the whole thing or like yeah, I think, section by well, section. I think the idea was for it to be on a streaming um, platform. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. It, I'm assuming you just be able to binge it if you wanted. Mm, okay. Yeah giving me ideas I'll touch back on the wrestling because there was something I did want to bring up with you mm-hmm. and I'll also let the listeners know that um, myself and Hage did wrestle for Wrestle Rampage back in the day I for not as long obviously um, but actually I was looking up the cage match statistics 
Funnily enough, I'm not on there, but that is fine. Because really? I think I had about five matches. All right. <laughs> Unless they pronounce Kazra and Crow wrong, which there's a possibility that could happen. But I was interested with yours because it had on there 55 matches, apparently, 29 wins, 25 losses, and one draw, which I was not too... I, I had no idea what the draw was. The draw was the, ma- the first match I had against Baron. Oh, right. So every match that anyone had ever had against Baron, they basically got destroyed by Baron. Right, um, okay. With the exception of, I think, the match against the family where they all piled on top of him and he couldn't get out. <laughs> yeah. um, so we fought to a draw in that one. The ref called off the match. Uh, all right. So that was the draw. That wow, match. okay, yeah, that just... Absolutely. And, like, throughout... I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm expecting these are all the matches that you've had. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's everything I've ever wrestled yeah um, I'm not sure how accurate it is but I've been keeping an eye on it for the lot since I've been at Riot City because mm. um, what was it 50, 50, 55 55 altogether. so um, and I looked this up um, as far as cage match goes it said that I'd wrestled like maybe just under or just over 20 matches in my like five years or whatever at Rampage yeah, okay. um, and like last year I wrestled 30 you know <laughs> oh, wow. 30 odd um, yeah jeez or more than 30 uh, yeah something yeah. like that which is which was awesome that's why I said yeah. earlier like I feel like more of a vet, veteran now because yeah um, yeah that's almost wrestling that's wrestling more than twice a fortnight yeah just so many consistent matches getting the reps in and all the rest yeah, of it yeah so that's and there's awesome. also all different sort of places that we wrestle and everything like that yeah absolutely it's not just like our main shows uh, yeah we do all these other little cool events where you get to wrestle you know three times a day yeah or like five times in the space of two days or something like that yeah um like going to beer and barbecue fest or mm, that's always um, good festival. the punk rock riot um gigs at the uni bar and um, so we call we would refer to them as kind of like house shows. Yeah, you know okay. I mean? So that's why I was said earlier that it, like those um, win loss statistics can be very misleading. Yes, because yes. Um, on shows like that, you tend to always good guys always yeah sort of go over the top. I'm a bad guy, so <laughs> yeah. um, not going to be very much in your favour, I suppose. No, no. <laughs> so you just kind of take take the L's in a lot of those like house shows, but yeah, a win loss record as far as shows goes is I think pretty pretty good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's so, brilliant. Uh, but, you know, it's it's cool that there's this database of just all statistics. Yeah, I was so cool. I was I was very happy when I saw it because I had to do a bit of research and that sort of thing. And, yeah, when it came up, I was like, oh, shit. I'm not sure who's take care who, of that. who puts it in there. I think it's, yeah. I think it's um, one of the guys um, that does commentary at RC Dub. Oh, wow. But okay. he does it quick because when I won the ACW Evolve Championship. That was there, yeah. I went on the next morning just to be like, oh, what if it's updated? And it was. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was like, oh, that's quick. Damn, yeah, so, wow. They don't mess around. No. <laughs> they got to get those statistics in there right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. I would say, um, with obviously the amount of matches and all that sort of stuff that you have wrestled in the training and stuff as well, obviously, um, we can both agree wrestling is obviously not a walk in the park and definitely takes a toll on the body and that sort of thing. How, like, have you sort of gone with sort of coping with injuries and sort of recuperating from sort of being out for a bit of time and that sort of stuff, especially from, I guess, from the Rampage days to the Riot days, because maybe they're a bit different or maybe they may not be similar. Um, but yeah, how do you sort of, sort of like, you know, get around the injuries and sort of rehabilitate yourself heading into matches? Um, 
It's funny because uh, now that I'm at Riot City and I wrestle more often, I I should be more. I should be hurting more, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I'm hurting way less than I used to because I'm taking wrestling. uh, Well, I've always taken wrestling serious, but yeah, um, I just get so much more opportunity at Riot City that um, I always have to be ready. Yeah, absolutely. Always have to be on top. So. I'm always trying, if I get any sort of little injuries, I'm always trying to um, recover because I am a lot more experienced now and I've been in it for a while. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I'm in better shape now because I know how to yeah. deal with all that. Like, um, I, I don't knock my training rampage at all. Like, it set me up perfectly for when I made the switch to Riot City mm. um, because the, the fundamentals I got there were tremendous. Absolutely. Um, and... That's awesome, man. And you are, I think, probably in the best shape that you've been in for a long time because, yeah, yeah. I see when you do the trainings and that sort of stuff and you've got your programs that you do and, yeah, man, you're just looking absolutely massive in Jackson. When you come out to the ring with Baron, you're both just – obviously, Baron – for those who don't know, Baron is about, what, seven foot tall? He's a very big boy, mm. massive. And then you're beside him, obviously much shorter because who's much bigger than Baron? Yeah, my back's bigger than his. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, that, that's another thing as well with um, – um, when, since I've moved to Riot, there's this really nice, healthy sort of competition with everyone um, wanting to get each other in shape. And like uh, a lot of us work out together all the time. And, yeah, I've seen um, that. We are always wanting to get bigger together and everything yeah. like that. Um, I never really had that. At, I went and joined the boys sometimes for a workout. But, yeah. Um, it's just an, it's just a constant thing at Riot that yeah. we're getting around each other all the time to um, improve mm. our physiques and everything like that. Yeah. And yeah, literally the best shape I've been in my life. Yeah, the real camaraderie, not just between you and obviously the like your partner that you work with, and that sort of stuff, but throughout like obviously the whole roster mm. is is awesome. It just shows yeah. that everyone's all together, really looking to do the same thing. And us guys who um, take that stuff more seriously, we're always trying to uh, you know encourage um the guys that want help with their physiques and stuff to come work out with us yeah um because you know you you, uh mold bodies and all of a sudden you've got a roster stacked with jacked bodies guys and and athletes and everything like that and And a lot of people on the same kind of they're on like different i guess shape levels but on the same level when it comes to their training it improves the roster it improves the quality of the company like everything so yeah. That's awesome, man. It's it's a, sounds like a really bloody awesome place to be. It's, it's a great atmosphere, great environment there. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I don't know about you, but I always loved when like wrestlers talked inside about wrestling stuff. Mm. It always like just made me really want to pay attention and really just like yeah. want to hear everything they said. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, behind the, like beyond the ring and that sort of stuff, or yeah, the, I mean, any we're, documentary. We're kind of at that point now in life where no one's. Um, uh, we're not we're not kayfabing anymore. If you don't know what kayfabe mm. is, um, just look that up. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we are performers, and we have um, our who we are in the ring, and then we we are who are outside of the ring. And, Absolutely. Um, we, we, it's not really a hiding thing anymore. You know, mm. um, it's one hundred percent serious mm. to us, um, and it's 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 real. Absolutely. <laughs> it fucking hurts. It's yeah, real. It really <laughs> hurts. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, it's been absolutely 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode with myself and Hjalmar. We hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to like and subscribe to our socials. There's a new podcast every week, so please do keep an eye out for the next one, and we'll see you then.